Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is John Labriola, and, and welcome to our, our podcast. Um, it is a great pleasure for me to have be, be sitting here with Roger Warren. Roger is the president and chief executive officer of the Kiowa Golf Resort and has been um, a prestigious career, and we are just so fortunate that he has been with us for so many years. Um, before we get into the question, I have a lot of questions for you. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Before we get into the questions, though, Roger, um, this is such a success story. You know, the, the Goodwin investment in Kiowa many years ago. Could you just take a moment and tell us about the history and the vision? I mean, strategies are successful and strategies fail. This is clearly a success story. Why do you think that? What, what was the vision so many years ago that has made this successful? That, that's a, a great first question because I really think it's at the core and, and bedrock of who we are as a resort and how we've gotten to where we are. The Goodwin family who um, reside in Richmond first got involved with uh, Kiowa in 1993. And they made an acquisition then, and they made another acquisition in 1996, and the combination of both of those acquisitions gave them the resort properties that they own right now. They've added other properties um, around the island, uh, on the island over the years. But the core part of the resort, as we know right now, really started in 93 and then in 96. 93 was the ocean course, picked that up, which obviously is a world-renowned gem that um, has really grown its reputation through the stewardship of the Goodwin family. I think everybody, all of us who work here at the resort and see the, um, the Goodwins as the owners know that we're blessed because we have an owner that has a vision for the standards by which he, he and his wife Alice want this resort to be operated by. And so we're always looking to make sure that it, we provide an experience that is the best experience that anyone can have. We realize that when we go out and, and market and advertise our resort, that we're making a promise. We're making a promise to people of what they can expect when they come here in terms of their experience. So we take that very seriously. We want to provide an, a, an experience that meets their expectations, lives up to our promise. And we've been, thankfully, very successful at that over the years. Um, so I think that as we go forward, we'll, we'll maintain that strategy, that approach under the leadership of the Goodwin family. This is one of the, the assets that they have in a portfolio of assets around the country that is very dear, near and dear to the hearts of the family. And they've said many times that this is something that they always want to maintain. And I think that that gives all of us here who work with them and for them security in knowing that the support will be there um, when we have great times like we are right now. And when we've had some challenging times over the past few years, they were here in bedrock support for the team that's here, the, the staff that's here, the people have worked here, they were here for them. So I think that you see that reflected in the, the experience and the service that our staff provides because they want to make sure that they live up to the standards that the Goodwins have set. Wonderful. You gave a lot of credit to the Goodwins. Take a lot of credit for yourself. Tell us about the execution of this, where you've been, where you're going, how you... Sure. This, I'm in my 20th year, just finished my 20th year here. Wonderful. So I, you know, I'm not very good at credit. Uh, I, my whole philosophy in management over the course of my career is um, 
my job is to take responsibility and to give credit. And so that's, that's really what guides me and directs me. I came to that philosophy and that leadership style through kind of some varied careers. I, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in Illinois, uh, went to a small state school in Illinois, graduated from there, uh, met my wife there. Uh, she was, I was a senior, she was a sophomore. She got tired of going to school there, so we got married. And so we've been married for 50 years. And um, we, we lived in, the, we moved up to the Chicago area um, and we lived there for about 31 years. And during that time, uh, my career started out as a, a junior, junior high and high school teacher. Um, I coached junior high and high school basketball, mostly high school for 18 years. Uh, it, it, was, it was what I'd always wanted to do. And then I got into it and decided I wanted to do something different. So during that time, I was also, uh, as a lot of teachers do, I was working summers um, as, at a golf course. Started out as a ranger and a starter, moved into the shop, was a, was a cashier, then was a supervisor. And at that point, I had, we, were, we had our first, first and only child, and I decided I, I thought I needed to do something different. And so the director of golf job at this 27-hole facility I was working at came open, and I applied for it, and lo and behold, I got it. And it was one of those things of, oh, okay, I got it, now what? Um, I really had very little business background. Um, knew that if I was gonna have any credibility in the golf business, I was gonna have to become a member of the PGA of America. So I went into the program, um, worked through it, and at 40 years old, I became a member of the PGA of America. And that combination of being a PGA member and getting involved in the governance of the PGA of America at the local level, to section level, and then moving into the national level brought me here to Kiowa. Now, I had been, you know, director of golf at that 27-hole uh, golf course for five years. Then I opened a new upscale public golf course and was general manager and, and director of golf there and worked there for 12 years. And from there, moved to here um, as the director of golf for the five golf courses. It was just a natural progression for me in my career. And then about two and a half years in, I was promoted to president of the resort, and I had one of those moments again on oh, now what do I do? <laughs> it was, I knew the golf side of it, but I had to learn the housing side of it. I had to learn the, the larger financial responsibilities. So over this time, I've been fortunate and blessed to have been given opportunities by people who trusted me and believed in me and uh, guided me when I needed it. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of the history of how I'm here right now. And after 17 years of being president of the resort, we still got a lot left to do. And that's what keeps, keeps me going, frankly, is the people that I get to work with and the vision and, the, and, the, and where we wanna go in the future. And so um, I'm excited about it. And I think that we're experiencing great times right now, nationwide in the golf industry, in the resort business, in the hotel, all of it's at a, at a for us, an all-time high. So it's very positive and um, I think it has been, I think one of the satisfying things for me is that it has proven to be also very beneficial to people who live here because it's added value to their property, added value to their lives and their experiences. So I'm happy to be a part of that process. Wonderful. We are glad you're here. I am glad you're here. But now that we've talked about the future, how do you view it? What do you, what do you think? And, and I think maybe in, in contrast to your experience, what you've seen in the past, how, how, how is it going to change? Well, I think you have to go back to um, 
the whole concept of this island. You know, and you go back to the first people who owned it were the Kuwaitis, and they came in with a vision, but it, it, it was, uh, it, timing wasn't right for them. Um, and then you had uh, the Darby family come in and um, buy it. And I think that Buddy Darby and his group uh, set the basis mm -hmm. for the standard of excellence. And I think that it's, we've all been the benefactors of that over time. But I also think that if you, if you look back at the plan then, the actual development of what's happening right now is still being driven by that original plan. There were areas of the island that were meant to be high density, higher density than the other places, more than single family. The, the, the condos that were built um, and those experiences were part of the plan, right. a reasonable part of the plan. And so it was always meant to be also a resort community. The resort was meant to be a support area for the community, a activity area for the community. It was the draw for people to come here and then potentially build and buy. And I think that it's proven out to be that over time. I, every day I talk to people and they say, I say, how long have you been here? Well, we were here for part-time for years and then we decided to Same build story. something and stay. I mean, it's, it's a pretty common story. Right. And I think that that fact is what should give people confidence that the process that we've gone through to get to here was well-founded, good ideas. The reason for the success has been the willingness on the community, part of the community, both the community association and the town over time to work together to solve problems that may arise. And we've done a really good job over that time. I think that's probably one of the most um, encouraging things for me as I lived here. I lived here on the island for 17 years and we've since moved off for our own reasons. But um, during that time, I think that everyone has the same view that this is something special and we're blessed to be here. And so I think that uh, I, the future, the future right now is how are we going to manage and live in what we've created? And in creating it, sure, there is more traffic. There are more people going to be on John's Island. There is going to be more traffic. Um, and to say, well, let's just stop it. Let's pull the door closed and not let anybody else in, that's not realistic. So the next thing is, how do you manage it? How do you create opportunities for success? I'll give you an example. I'm amazed at just in this most recent project at the front gate <laughs> to rebrick the area on the outbound lanes and as a part of a way to, to expedite people moving through the construction zone, we took the stop sign down. Right. And people started, well, it sure solved getting off the island at night. It is, it's, and so we found a solution. I think we'll find a similar type solution to how to get people on the island. Because when you look at the traffic on the island coming on in the morning, yeah, it can be backed up. It doesn't stay backed up very long. And it's not like that all day. But it's also primarily, when you look at it, it's all the people who are coming to work on the island to provide the support for the activities, to provide the support for construction, for plumbers, for electricians. The normal things that people need in their day-to-day -day lives to fix problems and solve them, that's part of it. We can fix that. So I'm encouraged by the future. I think that um, I get discouraged, frankly, when it, it seems like that there are a portion of the people on the island who want to take, who want to criticize right now more than build. And I think that 
we just got to get past that. And we've got to work together to do it, and I believe we can. As chief executive officer, you know, thinking in terms of strength, weaknesses, you know, strengths, opportunities, what are the strengths that you see moving forward that have been created? What do you think are the weaknesses or the obstacles that you'll have to be, you'll have to contend with moving forward? Well, you know, the strengths that we have are the team that we have together from the resort perspective, are the team that we have together, their experience. We have a number of, unlike many companies, we have a number of people who've been here significant time, right. 15, 20 years. Even when we have our H2B workers, our, the um, foreign workers that we bring in for the season and, and then they go back home, we've got people who've been coming here for 15, 18, 20 years. They know who we are, they know what we need, and so to me, that's always been a reflection of they feel like that they're a part of something that's important. They want to be a part of it. So our strength are the people that we have, the support that we have from the, 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 uh, the Goodwin family, our reputation in the market, wh- how we're perceived for the value, and I think, and the continuing willingness to improve, to upgrade, to do things better. Our weaknesses, um, I think our weaknesses always are manifested by some things that we maybe not be able to control. And w- when we can't control them, then we have to adjust. The, the, the problem with traffic is gonna be a problem. We have not been successful yet in trying to get some of the, uh, the traffic issues on Johns Island resolved. Um, and that's not only our responsibility, but we're, that's, a, that's a challenge we've gotta to work together to get there. Nobody can find a solution right now. The problems are getting worse in some areas, and so I think that the, the traffic issue is going to be an issue. But I don't, I don't think it's insurmountable. I think there, are, we just have to get the right plan. And a few years ago, we thought we had the right plan, and nobody listened. So uh, I, I think that that's probably the the biggest weakness. And I, um, I would hope that another one of our strengths from a community standpoint would be a recognition that what we have is so good that we cannot allow internal squabbling, internal um, uh, problems to bring us down. And I think sometimes we get so focused on who we can go after and point a finger at for blame that we don't spend enough time working together to solve the problem. And I think that that attitude has surprised me over the last few years and I'm disappointed by it. I'd like to see it change. Well, I certainly share that concern with you. You know, I've I've been involved with town politics now seven years, and um, and it has changed. I think a lot of it is societal in nature. I think a lot of it is, um, you know, driven by forces outside of us. I think a lot of it is driven by fear and and the like, it's a, it, it, it clearly is a, an issue. Everybody wants to know about the end, the old end. <laughs> it's and, gone. And when is the new end coming? Um, well, I'm not at liberty, frankly. I don't mean to put you on I, No, spot. no, that's fine. I, I just want to be up front and say, I know what we're going to do. And the public will know what we're going to do in the next few months. Um, but I can say that it's there on the the West Beach site, there will not be a new end, but there will be a new product that will provide 
rooming opportunities for the resort and, um, and other opportunities for the, the community that I think everyone will love because it will be to the same standard of everything else we've done. And it'll provide opportunities to people that they don't have right now. And um, I think it'll be, uh, it'll add to the luster and the draw of the resort to the people who want to come here. The reason it's taken so long is that um, we've never been a company that will move fast to get something done because we don't have to. We have the wherewithal to take the time that we need to make sure when we get done, we've got it right. I think the, the sanctuary would be a clear example of that. Sure. It took us, and although I wasn't here for most of it, it took nine years from the point that they started talking about doing the sanctuary until it opened. Again, it was a, a lot of work, a lot of detail, a lot of planning, and I think the result um, is unquestionably a great product. So um, we have taken time, and we had, we, I was talking earlier, we were, we were at a point where we were in construction drawings for a previous plan. And um, at that point, the construction market blew up um, almost to what we considered out of control and so the cost of the project was like one third higher than we thought it was going to be. So we had to go back to the drawing board because we just, we just didn't want to spend that much money. We didn't think it was the right thing to do for the resort. Then the pandemic came. Right. And so we've been through a series of things. We are, now, um, we are now at the point that we have a concept and we're starting to put the planning together for the concept. And I think that hopefully we would be on a timeline that we'd be starting construction in, in the first quarter next year. And I think that then, you know, it's probably an uh, 18 month to two year build. So um, 25, we're gonna have something down there. I, I do wanna apologize to the community. Um, we have left that spot vacant, most of the time with a construction fence around it. Um, and I just, I know there are people who are upset with it. We've made some changes there to try to improve it, but it's, there's no way to, to make that parcel look the way people want it to look and not, without spending money that's unnecessary there. And I'm, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. So we're gonna make progress on that. I'd ask people for a little more time and a little patience because I think it'll be worth the wait. Just for our viewers, we're sitting, I'm gazing outside. We're sitting in the presidential suite uh -huh. on the fifth floor of the sanctuary. It's absolutely breathtaking. So when you save up your Christmas dollars, <laughs> This would be the place to stay. A um, couple other questions. Is there a golf tournament in the future? I hope so. We, we are, um, you know, we've had the, we go back to, we had the Ryder Cup in 1991, which set the example for what all future Ryder Cups should be. Um, and it's had that impact on the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup has only come back, will only have come back to a site that it had it before when it goes back to Hazeltine, and I'm not sure what year it is it's gonna be there, it's probably three years from now. Um, but they're taking it back to Hazeltine. I was disappointed that they didn't bring it back here first because you know, I'll, I'll be arrogant. We made the Ryder Cup for what it is. And so I think that, but it's okay. Um, the, the Ryder Cup comes at the time of the year where we're very vulnerable to hurricanes. And I understand that risk. Um, and, and wouldn't want to be responsible for guaranteeing there wouldn't be one. 
Um, we had the senior PGA. We've had two PGA championships, and um, I know that we're going to get at least one or two more um, coming here, and we'll announce it as soon as we can, but it'll be exciting for everyone. Good, good. Anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to continue to share with the with with those watching? <laughs> hmm. Well, we um we are experiencing monumental growth. Um, the you know our our revenues. If you compare to 19, uh, 2019, everybody in business right now is comparing back to twenty nineteen for that was basically the standard until the pandemic went through and now we're after pandemic we're experiencing growth our our revenues for the resort are up 54 percent from 2019. our membership in the governor's club is up 58 percent and we still have 270 people looking for memberships that are on a waiting list um, our room nights have gone up 23 percent so we're experiencing growth um, our challenge um, as in any business is to maintain that growth position and do it by providing quality. We will spend more money to make sure our um, our facilities are up to standard. You now we're gonna, by the middle of June, we're gonna open six new pickleball courts down at the tennis center. Um, our tennis center was just again named for like the 17th or 18th year as the number one tennis center in the world by tenniscenter.com and also the number one pickleball court which that was hard to believe, but we'll take it. Um, and so we see pickleball growing. Um, we are contemplating building another golf course. We, with the growth in membership and um, the demand for it, we, we're gonna need more space to put people to play. So we are in the process right now of putting planning together for that. Uh, we, we intend to build workforce housing for our staff, um, both our international team that comes in and people who live locally who would like to live closer and not have to drive the traffic, which would help everybody. We would we'd take traffic off the roads coming in. We'd be able to move people from the housing with our transportation rather than cars, so we, we would take cars off the road. Um, we have two sites we're looking at to do that, and that is a priority right now. There's a priority to get that done. Um, so we've got a number of projects um, that are moving forward that, that will be good for the resort. And ultimately, um, we always take into consideration what it can mean from a positive standpoint to the community. And I know, um, and I would encourage here with you, John, you know, you and I talk a lot. We, we know what's going on, but I've always said, if you're a member of the community and you hear a rumor or you hear something about the resort, and you want to know, you don't have to contact John. You don't have to contact the, the, anybody. You can contact me or contact my assistant, Sarah, and I'll get back to you, and I'll answer that question. And I think of establishing the community that I'll tell you the truth. I'll be pretty direct. I don't like to beat around the bush. And I'll let you know what's going on um, so that we can sometimes stop some of the misunderstanding before, before it gets blown out of proportion. Right. And we're having... In my opinion, now, we're having too much of that, but that seems to be the world we're in, this multimedia, the, the ability to get on these different platforms. Everybody's a hero on a platform. Everybody can sit in their house, in their pajamas, on their keyboard, and be a warrior. 
So let's, let's try to work at making sure we're getting the truth out there and, and work together on it. So I thank you for the opportunity to talk to you today. And you've been an easy interview, John. Thanks for not firing hard highballs at me. Not at all. It's been a privilege to be able to see you this morning and been able to privilege to work with you all these years. Thank you, John. You too. Thank you. Um, just in closing, um, there will be more podcasts. I'm not sure how many more. We've had a number and we will continue to do more. Um, I think we're going to do them all up here. This is a great place to be at. Um, but, but seriously, I think the concern that Roger expressed and in, in, in the issues, I think those are challenges for all of us. Um, certainly not just on Kayla society as a whole, whatever. But um, but we are trying between the podcasts. Uh, if you have questions and concerns, we 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 uh, town council members are at town hall now on a scheduled basis. Um, open forums where people can come and talk with uh, council people. After the council meeting on a Tuesday, we're meeting with uh, everybody. On, or we're open to talk with uh, the community at large on, on that Friday. So the, the concerns relative to rumors and misinformation, I guess, as much as anything, please, please feel free to come in and ask. And I, I know my, uh, the administrative staff, will do everything they can. Certainly the councilman will do everything they can. But, okay. Thank you all. Thank you, Roger, very, very much. You betcha.